Okay, welcome back to the Never Iron Anything Comics podcast. Um, this week, something a little bit different again. Um, much of what we talk about in here celebrates cherished memories or mutual experiences with this medium of comics that we all love. There's something on the page of these stories that sparks special memories, maybe good, maybe bad. Um, and it's those very memories that have been collected by one of the guests today and recounted by another. You've met them both before. Um, so let's hear a little bit about it from them. First up, comics fan, the comics fan who's behind this project, Mr. Simon Russell. Hello, Simon. Watcha. <laughs> Watcha. That'll come back to haunt us, won't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, a man of letters, not least of all, in British Weekly Comics. It's Mr. Raymond Clark. Hi. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing here, but uh, <laughs> lovely to be here. And very nice, sexy robot voice that tells us you're recording the call. You like that, don't start. you? I set it to lady. Yeah, I do you. like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, so not, we're not really talking about a particular series today. We're going to talk a little bit about a project that Simon has started, and um, me and Damon have written a little a little ditty for you. Um, so I think it's probably fair enough if we just if I leave it to you, Simon, just to explain what it is. Okay. Uh, it's a fanzine, effectively. Yeah. And we called it Madeline. Oh, I've called it Madeline for reasons we'll get into later. Uh, I've been listening to the Awesome Comics podcast and a few other podcasts recently where people are running down memory lane and remembering things that comics... We're prone to do that a lot, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we yeah. do that. It's that fun. It's yeah. just part of why we stayed read, reading the bloody things in the first place. I think you're right, man. Especially, yeah. I got to thinking about how my life can be marked off by which comics I read quite often in different places. You know how you can pick up a comic and remember that car park you were sitting in waiting for someone to come out yeah. at the shop? Most definitely, yeah. Yeah, and uh, well, I thought, oh, I'll make a little fun fanzine about memories, not about comics, and not about the comics we remember, but about the memories we remember when we think about the comics. You know, that bit more like, I remember that day was the last time I saw David, or something like that. Yeah. Because uh, I was reading Hellboy, whatever it is. Uh, I was just going to make a little tiny fanzine in the old-fashioned style, staple it, send it around to the people who sent some contributions in, and that would have been the end of it. But it, it gathered a bit of steam, and we got enough pieces when I started putting them together to make a 100-page book, basically. Wow, okay. Yeah. It's too big to people. You can't do a fanzine with it anymore. So I had to look at making it into a little paperback book which I still think of as a fanzine, but it's perfect bound. It's a five and it's got uh, 28 different people pontificating really. I mean, and let's face it. If they had the printing processes back then, you know, back when the three of us were reading fanzines, they, they probably would have perfect bound something, wouldn't they? Let's face it. Oh probably. Yeah. 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 I mean, they started out. I mean, for those who are listening, there might be somebody who doesn't know what a fanzine is or was. They began as really, really cheap, uh, spirit duplicator magazines so you could barely read anything that you find find on the shelves now yeah it's all faded and gone to nothing and then people got cheap photocopiers and people got cheaper printing and basically they were like the blogs of their day yeah i mean we, we talk about comics the three of us all the time and i know Eamon, i spoke to you about it before but it's seemingly when we talk about the history of comics there's a certain era onwards um i'm going to say like the early 70s where a lot of these creators started in fanzines you know um, that seems to be their entry point 
into comics almost. You know, they're invited up to the Marvel offices because they did whatever fans... Something like Bob Layton, for example, you know. Um, and before we started recording, Simon was showing us a recent acquisition, uh, an American fanzine. It's got early George Perez in it. And um, it was very early by the looks of it, Simon. He's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's it's it looks like a fan's drama. Superhero barbarian comic yeah. from nineteen seventy four. It's called Kunja. It was, but it's lovely, and there's a there's sort of like an honesty and an earnestness to people's own stuff that you lose once they get into the industry. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, Perez never really lost that. He was always an enthusiast. But you've had so many people in America. You had people like Mike Zeck and Tom Sutton, yeah, uh, Mark Hempel, Mark Wheatley, all those people working in the industry in the fanzines before that yeah and like you say Ayton, i think stalin people like that yeah kurt Busiek, all these sort of people roy thomas you know they were all that's that was their bread and butter for a long time wasn't it you know um yeah okay we had um, massive overlap so alan moore was writing in fanzines and so was dave gibbons but brian bolland was doing covers mick mcmahon it was because we were a smaller space i suppose yeah there was a lot of interaction between the fans and the creators back in the the late 70s and early 80s yeah, I mean, I think I put a BEM up on the Slack recently, and and well, I think I'm which one of you two guys was probably that said that's a Dave Gibbons cover, and it was, you know. Yeah. Um, that George Perez was must have been only a year or so before he broke in as well. Yeah, I mean, when was he doing Sons of the Tiger? Would that be seventy six or something? Like that, yeah, got to be in it. Yeah, we're out there. We talked about that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's got to be around that time. And then we had some of the sort of was it Man Wolf he did and Logan's Run after that, didn't we? And you know. It was only a matter of years from that that drawing to him, you know, being big time, I suppose. Mm. Um, but I know in a lot of the stuff we read as well, you see artists like Steve Dillon's always popping up, for example, isn't he? His art's work's always popping up. You know, he just do a spot illustration of a Legionnaire or something in a magazine. Yeah, he was really different as well in his style. It's hard to spot him. Yeah. It was slick, sort of Paul Galassi type. Ah, yeah. I was reading one, I think it's the one you gave me, Eamon, that um, also, incidentally, we'd like to point out Simon Russell has a letter in, um, which yeah. is that I met up with Eamon <laughs> on Sunday, and he goes, look at this, guess who's in this? And uh, it was it was Simon. And um, who's the guy, I forget his name, who's, he's done some slaying, he mostly does storyboards for Doc 2 now. Um, oh, he did the Apollo book. Um, Michael, Colli Mike Collins. Collins. Mike Collins, thank you. Yeah, he's got a, um, a Kill Raven in that one. Yeah, and I think the joke of it is he, he's got Kilraven saying, "Yeah, even most of the stuff in my comics went over my head." <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a little anecdote uh, about Mike Collins. He's on Twitter, and he was posting about the cycle paths in Stevenage, which, <laughs> which is where I grew up. And yeah. in this in this Madeline fanzine, there's actually a map of all my comic sites that I grew up collecting comics from in Stevenage. Wow. Okay. So. Uh, comics just circles around in your life and sooner or later you can tie everything together with comics yeah. or staple it I certainly had a little route that I used to leg it round to all the different news agents to try and get because some of them only got like one batch of Marvel comics and I didn't want to be stuck with certain comics I wanted, you know, I wanted to get the X-Men and the Avengers as soon as they were there yeah I had the yeah. same and that's what people who grew up with the local comic shops they miss that hunt where we didn't know what was going to be which shop, so we'd have to just go around to every bloody news agent in town yeah. to try and keep our collection going. Yeah. I mean, there's a comic shop in Stevenage now, isn't there? Am I right in saying? 
I, I haven't been back for a very long time. I think there is. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Eamon? Did you have like a little memory of having to do that? Oh yeah, certainly going around the news agents. Um, you know, that was a thing, as you said, because they, they would get, they would never get. You wouldn't be guaranteed of getting a run, would you? Like they wouldn't no. have the next X Men in. You'd be a bit of potluck of what had come over and been distributed to them. Um, and even when it was like the British ones, the British weeklies, you'd still get sort of, you know, if it was gone, it was gone. You wouldn't find it. And then I also remember the, um, I've talked to you about this before, the, the dodgy comic shop in the sort of like in an underpass, you know, sort of, you know, <laughs> part of the city where you didn't really want to go to, but that's yeah. where it was. Um, yeah, I loved all that, the, the hunt. Um, yeah. You miss all that in a way now, the, the, the joy of the hunt. Yeah, and the old, um, the back issue like, boxes were like 10 for a pound, weren't they? And things like that quite a yeah. long time, you know. Um, I remember going into the comic shop in Ipswich where I was at boarding school and the bloke just didn't talk to me. You know, I'd ask him things, but because I was some, some young young kid and they were all like nerds, they just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like the air full of smoke and people talking about things and me, oh, excuse me, can I have these, please? You know, it was almost like that. Yeah. I've been reading reviews of a certain comic shop this week. Apparently that still goes on, Tony. Oh, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Not to us. Um, yeah. Good. So so what you've got here, Simon, if I'm right in saying, putting words in your mouth, is you've got a collection of memories from people of things that happened to them. Um, I, I was going to call it nostalgia, but nostalgia kind of implies only good memories. Is there? Are there any bad? My, my, my story has a has a bad element to it let's call her that yeah <laughs> yeah she is a bad element <laughs> yeah 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 um Boy, it? but she did benefit me which is kind of the point i was kind of jokingly making in it yeah. but uh is it is it good and bad memories or is it just sort of reminiscing you know it's a lot of them are neutral actually okay it's it's really i should yeah we got some really short little anecdotes of i remember the weird man in the shop type things yeah but we've also got some we've got one that's really long by uh, my friend Hannah, um, Hannah Eaton. Oh, yeah. She did naming monsters and Blackwood graphic novels. Right. Into this folk horror. And uh, she also has worked as, in social work areas as well. Okay. And she's going into the depths of how comics uh, were uh, affecting the sort of sociological outlook of a young child as she was growing up and how they, they, they formed her and changed her. So it's like there's a couple of them wow. like that, which are quite deep digging under the skin of why they're... That's almost, really like why a, I'm like... that's almost like a brave... I wouldn't want to do that with me, man. It's the demons there. Do you know what I mean? How comics changed me over bit, the years. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> my, my, my main piece, I've, I've done two bits, I've done a map and an article of my own. Yeah. And my about how comics prompted me to, to steal for the first ever time. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's true, actually. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that one. You I'm scared me, by the way. You made me. That's the first time I've ever proofread anything. Is because you <laughs> you said it. Oh, said I've looked at this, and I'm. But it's my story. Can you look at it? And I, I honestly, I, I, if I could have cut each word out and glued it onto a bit of paper to make sure I got it all done. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like if it's a fanzine. So I did. I, what I did was make everybody proofread their own after I'd edited it. Yep. And then any mistakes that are in there. That's fine because it's yeah. in the in the ethos of that. It's supposed to be done quickly. It's supposed to be done for fun. Yeah. It's not done as a, a a work for posterity. Yeah. And all the pieces I've done, I've, I've done illustrations for them all and laid them out on the page because I've worked as a graphic designer and a book designer and magazine designer over the yeah. years. 
like, it was easy to do. And I, I had to keep pulling myself back and not making it look slick or uh, not professional, but I, not making it look like something you would buy in a shop because I wanted it to feel like the old-fashioned fanzines. Yeah, you've given so, some of them a little bit of a washed-out look to them, haven't you? I know yours yeah, is... Um, so, Iman's yours is Dracula, isn't it, on your page, I think? Yeah, I've got a, a story about a UK Dracula lives from 1975, and <laughs> Simon's put in, like, an illustration. And, I, you know, because Simon was saying, and you were talking about the technology at the time, it's amazing that these people, beavering away in a bedroom... Um, literally copying and you know cutting and pasting and sticking stuff in yeah and then the terrible reproduction uh technology of the time they would be absolutely envious of our ability to move text oh, yeah. and pictures around on pages um, yeah but yeah so simon's recreated uh, but that's what i love about it he sort of recreated the sort of where all the, you know, not necessarily all the blacks come through. And so some parts of it are grey and some parts of it, you know, not quite all the same tone. Um, that that's, that's instantly memory as well, isn't it, Simon? Yeah. yeah, well, every physical object has a sort of totemic quality, doesn't it, with our yeah. memory? Um, that's why we keep collections of comics. We get them off the shelf, we hold it, and we remember stuff. We don't actually have to open the covers and look inside. So I was just trying to sort of make the, the physical object as close to something like that as I could without getting too lost in the weeds. Yeah. And it's all nicking other people's intellectual property, which is <laughs> naughty, except that's what fanzines did. And it, I, I put it down as fair use because it's for reviews, it's for academic purposes, which is all allowed under the copyright laws. Yeah. And... I'm transforming each one. Nothing is in there as it was in the original comics. It's they've been cobbled together and collaged and changed. So I'm I'm claiming the Liechtenstein defence. <laughs> Good work. Yeah, but you're right though, man. And we and I, I sent you a little jokey thing from my notebook today that said um, memories of time travel. And um, when you say about taking a book off a shelf, it, you know it really is that effect. You know, I, the so I, I tried before we came on tonight. I tried a little experiment. So. I had a vivid memory of reading a particular issue of um, Adventure Comics whilst on a on a holiday as a kid. So, you know, they put you in the back of the car, don't you? And they, I had two comics for a six-hour drive or something. And I thought, and I haven't read this comic for maybe 30 years. Um, and I thought, right, I'm going to get it out and I'm going to read it. And honestly, the rush of memories that came back to me just from that holiday as well, it was almost like a prompt, if you see what I mean. Um, and that's kind of what you're doing here a little bit, aren't you? You know? Well, I'm asking people to share the things that they, they've kind of given themselves prompts, and then they've had that little rush, hopefully, of memories. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the reason we've named it Madeline. Yes. Do you want uh, to get into that? Yeah. Do that, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, so I'll, let, let me just lead it into it. you because it's called it's called Madeline, and I just accepted it was called Madeline. And weeks after you said to me, oh, "We're going to use this as a cover, otherwise, cool." Suddenly, I was like, literally walking. You know, you walking around. It takes you ages to. We had we had this on on Sunday, didn't we, Eamon, Where we tried to remember the name of someone, and then it suddenly occurred yes. to you, like four hours later. But the um, the and suddenly it occurred to me why you've called it Madeline. So, did you want to explain that? Because it's quite, it's quite, we're quite intellectuals, aren't we? It's quite an intellectual reason, almost, isn't it? You know, <laughs> we're very deep. I mean, yeah. I thought you, can, you can pretend it was the same reason that you thought. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Go on, then. You say why? Uh, well, I'm just trying to think of a single name title, like Linus, which is the Italian fanzine 
which often has peanuts type covers on and articles and comic reproductions and all the british comics have used to have one name titles quite often like bunty or jinty yep. and things like that i thought madeline's a girl's name is uh it's also the biscuit that marcel proust ate or smelled or whatever it was in uh, uh recherche de Promptomps or whatever it was. Yeah, me- Rem- remembrance of things past. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it with a French accent, but you did. No. Yeah. I should. Should have stopped when I was dead. <laughs> so you know, I've, I've I've decided. Well, if I call it Madeline, it ties in with the comics relation things. It ties in with memory with Marcel Proust. Um, we've called, subtitled it a remembrance of comics prior, <laughs> yeah. because in comics there's a woman called Maddie Pryor. Oh, the yeah. singer, yeah, Madeline Pryor. The oh, uh, her. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yep. In yeah. comics, famous redhead in yeah. comics, yeah. And in comics, I thought you meant the folk singer. Redhead. I was going highbrow there for a minute. I thought you meant the folk singer for a second there. Yeah, <laughs> I've gone all X Men. <laughs> yeah. Well, Madeline Pryor was redhead. Yep. And it's a, I've got a Peanuts tribute on the front cover. Charlie Brown was always thinking about the little redheaded girl. Ah, oh, right. Pryor. Okay. It all. I mean, I get so. In uh, in the t- modern parlance, I disappear at my own fundament. <laughs> Join the but dots; it all links up. Everything is connected. If you want to look for patterns and connections, they're there. And if you don't, they're just silly names and words. Yeah. Which is allowed. Yeah, it sticks to your me- memory, doesn't it, Madeleine? Yeah. yeah. I even saw a billboard in France. In I sent you a picture of it with the, with <laughs> yeah. the word Madeleine on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, why why do you think, Eamon? Why do you think we? I mean. I remember certain comics and certain pages. We talked about um, Fantastic Four issue before. Mm. But, and I remember them more than I remember people's names that I've met in real life sometimes. Is that something you encounter? or? Oh, all the time. <laughs> you know, my my story in a way that's in, the, in, in Madeline is a little bit like that. Because we all think, we all like to think we've got a good memory. And then, you know, we're constantly being proved wrong on that because we can't remember somebody's name and they yeah. come up to us, uh, you know, a very embarrassing incident with one of my cousins and I couldn't remember his name and he still never let me forgive, forget that. Um, <laughs> and But yet, we've all got these moments where, and, and let's be honest, they're pretty good moments actually, Tony, aren't they? The, yeah, you know, they the are. moments where you got the comic that you were looking for or you got an unexpected comic, but it was really good. And you had that moment, you were sitting somewhere in a car in your bedroom, maybe at the bus stop on the way home, you know, and it just, it, seeing the comic again, or even just thinking about that story takes you right back to it. And you think, yeah, that was a moment when I was just happy. Yeah, yeah everything was right with the world for a, for a short period of time. Time kind and, yeah, of people stops had, a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, people have had um, difficult times and yet, you know, there are moments, comics or TV. I don't know if you've heard that story Tom Baker tells about the guy who came up to him in the street who lived in a children's home, and he said the only thing good was watching Doctor Who was watching you. <laughs> and Tom Baker tried to sort of thank him, and the bloke was actually too emotional. He couldn't, couldn't even oh, wow. talk. Okay. But, it's you know, yeah. So it's like that. You get moments with your comic. Um, you know, when Judge Dredd punched through Judge Fear's helmet, yeah. I remember that. I'm wanting to talk, talk to somebody about it. You know, like, <laughs> who can I go and talk to about this? Um, yeah, it's just the powerful things, uh, memories, and bits and pieces drop out. But some of these comic stuff just stick there forever. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I looked up a couple of quotes that just sort of, you know, just to kind of spring some thoughts out about what we're going to talk about. And one was from J.M. Barry, and it said, God gave us memory so that we might have roses in December, which is quite an interesting quote. But it made me think, and I'll put this to you, Simon. Do we spend too much time on the past in comics? Fuck no. Okay, good. <laughs> I kind of thought you might say that. Yeah. yeah, I actually discovered the first email, the first message I ever got from Simon, just randomly the other day, that said, "Yeah, Tony, I'm liking the podcast. You and I definitely read the same comics growing up." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think when when you look at old comics or, or um, the stuff that sticks in your memory, whatever age it was, it's because it's the first time you experienced a lot of this stuff and these moments and these story tropes. Yeah. And you're never gonna you're never gonna beat that. It, the first time you watched Star Wars as a kid, the, everyone talks about the great big open uh, ship coming over your head in the opening sequence, which worked for us because we were in a cinema watching it. We'd never seen it before. Yeah. But my kids tried to watch Star Wars, and that sequence doesn't mean anything to them because they've seen it done over and over again in other places already. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Now, in comics, we saw things that were so you'd see. Uh, your grown-up movies sort of watered down for kid entertainment, especially in British comics like Action or 2008 even. Yeah. So we were seeing all these tropes and all these moments way before we got to see them in the film. So they really live with us. And in superhero comics, we filled in the gaps as well. Yeah. Especially the Marvel carried on for more than one issue. So you'd you have to wait before the, the, the cliffhanger was solved. So you'd be living that, and it'd be really intense and personal, wouldn't it? Yeah, I remember literally going into the news agents every day. I must have annoyed the fuck out of them to get. Do you remember yeah. Marvel superheroes? I think it had the Perez Avengers in it actually at one point. Oh yeah, Burn Avengers. And I would go in every day of the week and say, "Is Marvel superheroes in yet?" And the woman behind the counter would say, "Every day, in. no, not yet." Okay. <laughs> almost, almost like embarrassed when I recently drove past that news agents in West London, thinking. How embarrassing that was, you know. But you're right, man. It does. It does spark up things. And there's all these kind of theories about memory, isn't there? And and we we have memory because of moments of some kind of emotion. And and you're right. We were very involved in these comics, weren't we? Like you say about the the Judge Dredd moment, Eamon. Um Yeah. Ha have you got any and, particular yeah. memories of things that sort of just beyond what you wrote about in this book? Because I very much enjoyed your story. But any anything else that sort of sticks in your mind that would remind you of that sort of moment? Or, um, well, Simon just talked about filling in the gaps. I remember yeah. not being able to get. There's the famous X Men story where Wolverine um, emerges from like the sewer, you know, yeah. and it's, he's underneath the Hellfire Club, is he? Yes. Yeah, and he's they just had a kick in the knee, and they think, yeah, he's yeah. just right. They think they've got, they've done him in, and he emerges from the water, and he says, you know, it's my turn now, or whatever. Famous panel, yeah. And um, I remember not getting the follow up to that one for months, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, like. Well, and as Simon says, you're filling in. Well, what's going to happen? He's really like he's looking like he means business. Um, so stuff like that, uh, I can vividly remember um, a certain Swamp Thing issue where the one with the vampires in it, it really takes me back to being a particular time at college, at university. And I can sort of like, if I can even remember the bunk bed in this place I was staying in that I was sitting <laughs> on reading this comic. 
Um, it's you know, it's so weird how memory works that the it, like like Proust with the smell of his um, biscuit cake things yeah. would just take him back to his childhood. And we're the same with dirty old paper, as you would as you would call it. Tony. Yeah, I mean, I can remember every panel in certain comics, but I still couldn't tell you the route that I used to drive to work to work or school on a certain day. No. You know, so I still would have. I still have to put the sat nav on, but I could tell you every page that happened in Teen Titans number one or something. You know, um, what about you, Simon? Anything that you know? You and I talk a lot about Bronze Age comics, for example. You know, is is, is there anything that you read back then that just you you return to regularly, or you haven't perhaps returned to? Yeah. Uh, before I had kids, when there was a lot more time, yeah, <laughs> I would once a year I'd take all my comics off the shelf and put them in piles. And rearrange them so maybe one year they'd be in alphabetical, next year they'd be by the artist or whatever. Yeah. And it was a way of keeping myself connected with them and, and the, keeping that collection alive and making it worth having to me. And there yeah. was one, the Jim Stalin Legion of Superheroes, uh, where Ultra Boy gets accused of murder. And oh, uh, I can see the cover to that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's back to the to the audience and he's standing with his arms out and his legs akimbo and the legion is running towards him and everything about that comic just hits me every time i look at the cover i can remember panels i can remember coloring decisions i can remember lighting because i remember reading it as a kid and i remember reading it as an adult and it keeps linking me back over those years it, yeah. there's loads of them there's hundreds of them yeah i suppose the only other com comparable thing would be music i suppose yeah for that it's of, very good yeah for for taking you back to the time you first heard it or where you were at the do you time remember or... that scene in the movie high fidelity when he's rearranged his record collection <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and the other guy says to him what are you doing is it is it alpha it's not alphabetical it's not chronological and he says no it's autobiographical it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah 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 we all can these yeah. are the yeah, exactly. And, you know, Simon arranging his comics, then, like, this is the bit that was important to me then and now. Yeah. I always yeah, think I'm, when I retire, yeah. I'm, that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to sit in the comics room and go through comic Rearrange books. Rearrange Yeah, yeah. There's um, a guy on Twitter called Colin Smith, and he's, I don't know his background, but I know he's writing currently a book about Mark Miller. Okay. And he keeps sharing. I went down to the shed after lunch and I've unpacked another box of old comics and fanzines and things and put them up there. And it's a it's a proper treat to follow his Twitter stream because it's just these lovely little pictures of old comics. Right. And they, each one sends me down the, oh, I used to have that. Oh, I loved that. Oh, that was great. Yeah. It's like there's a Twitter account called, is it the Spinner Rack or something like that, which is all oh, the yeah. comics that came out on a particular day on a particular year. And I almost like compete with myself to make sure that I've got at least one or two on the, on the, that they show. You know, it's almost like that. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. I don't know what it is. It's that it's, it feeds into the obsession, and it feeds the obsession. So we we remember it, and we love it, and then we go back and buy more. I'm still yeah. filling in gaps. I, ne I never had that one issue yep. when I was a teen. So now I need to, if I saw it for, the, for sale under 20 quid, I'd probably buy it. Yep. I'm the same man. Yeah, I don't think any of us are like um, big rollers in relation to old old comic books. So are we? We're not uh, the sort of guys who would go and buy, you know, a three hundred quid comic or anything like that. I'm guessing. No. No. <laughs> no. What about you, Eamon? Eamon's got an in and out drive. Embar he probably would. embarrassed. Silent, embarrassed. Silent, <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> 
No, I mean, I think these days as well with reprints and the apps and all that sort of thing, I'm quite happy. You know, I can, I can, if if you know, if I'd missed a particular issue of the X Men or something, and it was it would have cost me ninety quid, I'm quite happy to read it in reprint these days. You know, I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm, I know Simon. You say occasionally to me, oh, "I just want to buy all the comics in the world," don't you, Tony? And there, to a certain extent, that is true. But I think I'm, I think I'd sort of shy away from something that was too mentally expensive. You know, um, there's a return on value, isn't there? Yeah, and I find it if I buy a reprint, it's okay if I just want to know what happens. Yep, but it's not the same as read. It's, it's. I want. There's a couple of Planet of the Apes, the black and white Marvel magazine. I never got. And I read them in British reprints, and I want the originals because they're drawn by Tom Sutton. Oh, and they're beautiful. T- Terror on the Planet of the Apes, they even... uh, It was the uh, Future Chronicles series, okay. which had nothing to do with film. Doug Mench wrote this uh, later on on Planet of the Apes. It's all gone very, very strange. And there's massive city ships sailing the seas, and it's the most beautiful things. Yeah. And I've seen the reprints, and then they're on shiny paper, and I didn't like it. Yeah. And I want them on that that original matte paper because it it looks good and it feels good. It's all good, but they're about thirty quid when you see them. Okay, and it's like, I can't justify it. And I'm gradually selling my the comics I don't I don't think I'm ever going to read again. And every time someone gives me money by PayPal, that sits here as a potential purchase. <laughs> yeah, then I'm just swapping things. That doesn't count as money. And some of the best covers ever of those magazine runs as well, haven't they? God, amazing, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Right, so Eamon, you've got a story in it. How did you become involved? Um, so I think I saw it on the ACP Slack from Simon okay. after listening to an episode of the ACP, and Simon put out the call. So for people who don't know, the uh, Awesome Comics podcast, of which Tony is a um, Founding member, co-host. <laughs> yeah. I'm the Sue Storm of, of it. I see myself as the Sue Storm. Oh, okay. Or the Saturn right. girl of the uh, the group, yeah. With the same boob window. Um, yes. Yeah. So, uh, so Simon put out the call on the Slack, and the the story that popped into my mind was because of, uh, again, it's talking about the letters pages. Um, we've been talking about letters pages in fanzines, and I had a letter published in this Dracula Lives in 1975, the UK Marvel black and white reprints. And the weird thing was that because I wasn't getting Dracula Lives, I probably never knew it was actually published until somebody sent it to me a few years ago and said, is this you? A bit like, you know, with Simon last week when we were reading uh, the the UK fanzine BEM and said, oh, it's Simon. Is that that, that our Simon? And the weird thing is, you know, we've been talking about the way memory works, is I can absolutely recall the incident in the letter that the letter is about. It's about a school play. I can remember that, but I cannot remember writing this letter at all. There's no memory of it at all in my um, chemical substrate in between my ears. And so I wrote about this and about discovering this letter and then getting hold of a copy and probably seeing it in print for the first time and the way it just like took me back. And also this idea about, you know, our faulty memories, the bits that don't stick there. Yeah. The bit that I couldn't remember. Anyway, so Simon was very, was um, very uh, nice to me. He's included it. He was like, um, we (laughs) we should say that Simon, it's amazingly quick. You know, you send it to him. 
and like later that day he sends it back to you with some slight edits that he's made and with the illustration he's chosen to go with it and it's all like wham bam yeah it's the same to me yeah virtually he actually said i won't get this to this till, till tomorrow and then like two hours later it arrived and says oh i know i had a bit of time turned up and uh yeah right back with a lovely picture of the the female lead of my story there you yeah. go <laughs> good and um so who did you want to say who else was involved simon mm, yeah i mean i put out the i don't really put out a call i just talked about it roughly on the acp slack and some other comics groups that i'm in yeah on facebook and other places and with friends and i was i was bowled over the number of people said oh, i've got a memory oh, and nice. you know when that happens there'll be people who say that and then never get a chance or time or just don't send you something which is fine i thought we won't get much but i think from the slack we got about out of the 28 people we've i've included we got maybe about 10 people from the slack almost oh good I mean, well, got, that's good we got dan busher your co-host and yep. uh, uh if i name names it's going to be a bit awkward because i'm going to forget some but there's yeah. alan, uh, alan henderson nick ho chi um who else put alan purdy yep good lad um jonathan sapsid yeah. They're all on the, on the ACP Slack. Nick Bryan. Cool. Um, Dan Charmley. But we've oh, also yeah. got... Uh, people came out of out the blue. There's a guy called Lee Christian, who is a friend of a friend who heard about it. And he sent me a really nice memory, which felt like one of my own memories. Right. That's the beautiful thing about reading. You guys sent me things, and it's like, I could have lived that life, and that could have been me writing that, and yeah. just change a few details. They're all... They're also common and... Not common. They're also universal. But yeah. so personal at the time. But we've also got we've got um, some working professionals. We've got Brad, Brad Brooks, who's a, uh, an editor and cartoonist. We've got Oliver East. Yeah. Uh, we've got Ilya. We've got Des um, Skin gives us a long piece. That's nice. great, man, that Des did one. Yeah. yeah. He, he came out to the uh, the Cartoon County uh, Comics Fair we did in December, and we were chatting then. He said, oh, yeah, I'll do something. It's Champion. <laughs> Champion, that's his favourite. Champion, yeah. and it's what Dave Gibbons says Watcher, isn't it? I was getting confused there. Dave Gibbons oh, says Watcher it? all the time, yeah, and he says Champion. Uh, that's right, yeah. He, Dave Gibbons probably comes from Hertfordshire as well. <laughs> We've got Paul Hudson, who um, used to run Comic Showcase, yeah. talking about the, the thing, the moment that pushed him into becoming, working in comics as opposed to working somewhere else. So that's a nice little thing. Cool. Yeah, it sounds uh, great. And you got Paul, Paul Rainey, Paul, Paul Rainey. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, he, he did. He um, he did a very Paul, a very Paul Rainey kind of memory. <laughs> and I tell you, there's like um, there's so many in there that I'm I'm really pleased that people wrote them. One because I don't think they would have ever said these things out loud. Yeah, but also because they just make me feel good. It's, it's it's lovely stuff, and I find myself nodding and agreeing. Yeah, and I, I suppose I got a uh, and the confession I made on the Slack. Um, I sent in a little, a, a laid out page, and said to the people on the ACP Slack, uh, "This entry, I'm not sure about this one. Anyone got any thoughts on it? Is it one?" I <laughs> oh yes, you dirty yeah. bastard! You, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd use an AI generator to generate an article about it. And the one, because I thought it would be quite fun to do a memories are unreliable. Yeah. There's an unreliable narrator idea. But the really interesting thing is every, well, everyone said it was a bit weak source or anything else, but two or three people came up immediately within seconds and said, that's a 
that's a chat generator. That's not real. Yeah. It's not the humanity in it. Yeah. But all the others, I, I, I defy you to look at any of the things in, in the printed book when it comes out and think there isn't a real person behind that. Yeah, I think Sarah Harris said she was, she almost analysed it, didn't she, I think? And said, yeah. I'm 99% sure this is this and this and this. and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you apologise in case it was a real person. <laughs> yeah. <She> was <laughs> was, but, uh, to somebody from outside, though, you know, just to a casual reader, I can see them getting caught out on that, you know. Yeah. What it would be is, like, if you opened up the Metro and got yep. 10 fun facts about the Avengers-type article, it, it's as vacuous as that. <laughs> but these are real people with real memories. Yeah. So, I mean, there's it's 96 pages plus covers, 28 people sharing sometimes quite personal memories, nothing too embarrassing or too sexy, but some are quite deep. Some are, some are just absolutely delightful fun. Did you reject Taman's sexy story then, I'm guessing? Yeah, so, I, I rejected absolutely. the photo then. <laughs> yeah. Not you two. Yeah. <laughs> About furry cosplay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did send me that yesterday, to be fair. Um, that's good. So what's the sort of schedule? What's your plans with it, Simon? Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, it was going to just, like I said, it was just going to be printed and sent to the people who made it. But there's enough there. And there's so much uh, vague, so much excited interest and vague interest as well that I thought, well, there's probably a market for this. Let's, let's print some more. Yeah. If I kick, I get the money to send everyone a copy who contributed and everyone who backs it can get a copy. And then we can sell the extra copies and give any money from that. We're going to give it to can, um, Alzheimer's Research UK. Great idea. Because it's yeah. a memory, it's all about thing. So, I mean, Kickstarter doesn't let us do things for charity. So I'm raising the money to print the book. Yeah, so but, beyond that, the money's yours anyway, isn't it? You know, we can do what we yeah. wish with it sort of thing. You can do exactly. what you wish with it. Yeah, I think that's fine, man. I don't. I can't see them having trouble with that. Yeah, I think it'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, that's, so that's great. Yeah. Um, and, because it's all about it's going to be fun like that i think it's a nice touch yeah uh, i'm going to launch it on this coming wednesday yeah so as, as you, hopefully as you listen to this it will have just if you listen to this as soon as it comes out it would have just launched i'm going to schedule it to go live on wednesday which is the day historically like, as you say there's Simon. everyone goes into the comic shop and buys comics you know so why not yeah. buy this as well um well it's a good time to talk about old comics isn't it yeah <laughs> when yeah. we're picking up our new yeah and like what are you thinking to... of charging for it dude have you got any plans around that Oh yeah, it's six pounds. That's good. That's a good. That's good value, yeah. man. Hundred pages, six pounds. That's that'd be twenty five pounds on sunshine. Some comic book shelves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to do it at Fiverr, but I wasn't sure how many. If I'm going to go to Kickstarter, I want to get enough money to print. Yeah. The co- it obviously put a little bit of money aside for the charity, so that extra pound goes in there. And we're not going to do a, uh, a PDF version or anything like that. Yeah, just There's physical. There's no, no digital option. Just a physical option, except everybody who wrote a piece for it will get a high-quality PDF of the whole book once it's out. And I'm going to say to people, if you donate, you know that button on the Kickstarter where you say, don't get anything but pledge without reward. Yep. If you can show one of the contributors that you pledged to back them up, back the project, well, I'm sure they'll send you the PDF. It's up to them what they do with it. Yeah. It's also good advertising that, man, for this sort of thing, you know. People will yeah. then maybe go and find your store, you know, your website and, and, and get a copy if they've had a look at a digital copy of it as well, you know. Yeah, um, I guess so. But, uh, yeah, I'm only going to print a, a small number beyond the backers. Yeah. Um, put it out there. It'll run 
run out quite quickly, I hope, at a few fairs and, and uh, events, and then it's done, yep. over and done with. Yeah, that's the dream, isn't it? So rather than clogging up my, my garage with old issues I haven't sold, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of the yeah, dream. Well, yeah. Uh, Eamon knows but... now. DUI. <laughs> yes, knows. I do. Yeah, box of DUI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, man. And um, so as, as you listen to this, go to Kickstarter. And what should they be looking up, Simon? Uh, well, it's it's uh, kickstarter.com projects slash Boeing graphics slash Madeleine. Cool. But if you're just uh, searching Kickstarter for Madeleine, M-A-D-E-L-E-I-N-E, um, it comes up already on the test page. So oh, cool. that'll work. There's a video there, which is very embarrassing. No, it's a good video. We were just talking about that before you came online. It's a good video, man. I like yeah, it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Some yeah. silly teacher of it as well. What's that, sorry? It's, it's got my silly teacher voice. <laughs> cool. I'm trying to sound like Bob Ross in my happy accident. Here we are on the French happy Review podcast. Memory. Yeah. Um, good stuff, man. So go and do that. Eamon, uh, just, so we'll just quickly have a, a chat through what else we've got going on. Eamon... Um, as well as being in this, um, you're also taking pitches for, you're still taking pitches for DUI 3, which will be coming out later in the year. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, DUI 3 will be out in uh, July, August time. And we're still taking pictures up to the end of February. You can get in touch by emailing duicomic3 at gmail.com. All the proceeds or all the profits are going to Mind, so another worthy charity. We're, yeah. we're all about these comics raising money for charity which is good yeah um yeah we're looking for pitches for that we've, we've it's starting to take shape what's going to be in the actual dui3 um you've said this on the on the slack already or, or rather on the acp already tony but perhaps uh, no more robots i think we've had enough <laughs> robot stories yeah. um, it was almost a catchphrase when we went for a coffee on sunday it was it? Yeah. no more robots no yeah. more robots um the, the shorter stories one or two pages more likely to get in yeah, uh, we're looking for some more personal stuff or slice of life, some, some more sort of human interest stuff. Now. Speaking of and which, that, my um, compadre, Mister Cumber, might have sent you something. He has. It's just arrived in my email. Ain't that fucking so, yes. good, man? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cliff Cumber has sent us something for it, so look forward to that. So DUI three will be out later this year, raising money for Mind um, charity, which we decided on amongst the contributors, basically. So that's yeah. good. It's like a crowd um, thing, wasn't it? We decided to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Mega City got sorry, Eamon, Is it A four again? It's going to be A four. Perfect bound. Yeah, same as the first two, basically. So Sarah Harris did DUI one. I did DUI two. This is going to be DUI three. Same format. A four. Perfect bound. Sixty pages. Color throughout. Although there'll be some black and white stories, I guess as well. But yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think you'll mind. Looking forward but, to it. Uh, I think if you just have a uh, have a sneaky look at your WhatsApp, Simon, you might see a little a little peek at what uh, Mr. Cumber's done. Um, trying to get let's get some interest up for it, but uh, yeah, I was blown. And away. also, we've got an Ian Ashcroft cover as well. Oh man, how good! That would be good. Fucking it hell! Is. <laughs> Ain't that good, That's Simon? Right, this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I had shivers when I saw that man. That's so good. There's a bit of the a bit of a Warren magazine thing going on there, I think. Yeah, and a bit of that is it Jesse Lonigan? Lonigan. Yes. The, yeah, the grid guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, very that's good. Lovely. Yeah, and I, I, speaking of Ian, I know you you I, I, I don't think you mind saying um 
Eamon, but you you sent him and said, "Oh, any chance for cover?" And you got within a couple of days, you got like like a Rembrandt back on the email. Didn't you? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> astonishing. The people, I mean, we know there's some very very talented people out there, but again, a bit like Simon, you know, I I asked him, and like the next day, he sent me like the finished cover, and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fantastic. So yeah, look forward to that. DUI yeah. three will be out later this year. Really shaping yeah. up to be nice. May thanks turn for everyone up to Yeah. Yeah. You've still got some issues of two left. That's right as well. DUI 2 is still available in hard copy and in digital from uh, the store, bigcartel.duicomic.com. Yeah. And there'll be uh, that raised money for cancer research. There'll be, as I say, this will be for my mind. Looking forward to it. Great stuff, man. And uh, what have you got coming up on the Mega City Book Club? Uh, so the episode that's out at the moment when you're listening to this will be about the second volume of Dan Dare's Adventures in 2000 AD um, and future episodes coming up about Elephant Men by Richard Starkins nice. about the um, about the black and white uh, Daredevils um, Marvel UK title that was short lived and was quite a lot like a uh, a fanzine in its own in its own right. Yeah. It had that same sort of um, reviews and all that sort of thing in it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dead skin. Mike Collins did that. I think he did that Dower Devil parody. That's Alan right. Moore in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, parody of Frank Miller's Daredevil. So yeah, that'll be coming up. Um, and some Steve Dillon. We're going to be talking about Emerald Isle, the you know, um, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, uh, lots of things coming up. I'll repeat that Rich Starking story I told you at the weekend. Is um, I was staying in a hotel in Harrogate, and I was just chatting to the dude on the desk, you know, as you do. And he said, "Oh, you're here for the comic convention, aren't you?" And he said, "Oh, my uncle, he's he does comics, and he reckons he's a really big deal." Um, I went, "Oh, okay. Uh, what's his name?" And he says, "Oh, it's Rich Starkins." And I went, "No, no, he's a big deal." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's right. He is a big deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's always telling us over Sunday lunch he's a big deal. I said, "No, he's right. Yeah, he's not making it up. That's fine." Yeah, that was good. And Simon, you've got a couple of other projects on the bubble at the moment. I know you, you were talking when we did a, we did a pod together at Christmas, didn't you? You were talking about your your next one, which is a sort of Hercules story, isn't it? Is that right? Still going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Twelve labels of Hercules. Um, haven't progressed very far because I've been waiting for a big space in this studio, which I've had to clear out, right, and get the thing done. So it's all ready now. Everything's on the page. I've got to go in and just basically draw and paint in a in a massive fugue of artistic endeavor good man and then and put the words to it and that'll hopefully come out in the summer oh good stuff yeah looking forward to that man we must get you back on to have a chat about that and have you still got like a paving stone with a um a hulk comic in it in your studio i almost slabbed comic yeah <laughs> the ultimate slabbed comic <laughs> i actually i think i should do a little um a little fanzine about that just a, a rec- recording of it definitely Definitely. Hulk 181 in a concrete slab. <laughs> yeah. That's great, man. Oh, you you picked it up and showed it us it once, didn't you, in a drink and draw, I think. You had yeah, my back's <laughs> bloody heavy. <laughs> Do you remember that book that came out in the 70s or 80s where you could find this sort of golden hair and it was this big sort of quiz book and everyone's sort of searching all the countryside for it? Maybe you could do yeah, that with that. Yeah, that's Masquerade it. by that's somebody it. or other. Yeah. William or Williamson. Yeah. It was the original idea was to seal this comic in a concrete slab and then dig up a slab out in the street somewhere. Yeah. And put my slab in place. But <laughs> the the reality of that, my concrete pouring skills were not up to that. And it 
Genius. Wasn't good enough. <laughs> good stuff, man. I love it still. Great. And uh, we're, so let's do the the the, um, the links. Where can we find you, Eamon? Uh, megacitybookclub.com. And you'll also find links to DUI Comic there as well. Great stuff. And we can look on Kickstarter for Madeleine. But otherwise, where can we find you? You've got a cracking website, by the way, Simon. I was looking at it recently. Good website, man. Oh. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's, uh, I changed it recently, and it's called Simon Russell dot website <laughs> uh, that's great i thought dot website brilliant Except yeah. what genius thought of that eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i try to put it in official email official forms when they ask for your email he goes no nah, we need a real email so, oh. that is my email <laughs> i can't do anything <laughs> but that's got links to everything i do and there's a blog in there and pictures of my old work yeah it's good it's a good one yeah um thanks guys please go and pledge to this book um it's there's a lot of love gone into it and simon's really really pulled a cracking book together there so go and get that and um thanks guys so i'll say goodbye to you now and i dare say we should continue talking but thanks cheers, Tony. cheers. thanks Tony.